This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today, the president of APAS discusses his hopes for agri-stability. We also talk with the province's minister of agriculture about various issues. David Merritt has proclaimed March as Agriculture Literacy Month, and we discuss numerous issues like agri-stability, spring seeding, and markets. There's concern about some possible winter kill of crops in parts of Saskatchewan. Real agriculture looks at leadership and conflict in managing the family farm. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain, call 1-800-324-7778. APAS is hoping for a speedy decision from government on changes to the Agri-Stability Support Program. President Todd Lewis says it's good to know discussions are still underway, but he says farmers need to know if the federal enhancements will be accepted by the provinces. Well, I think it's it's good that uh, both sides are, are still in negotiations, but at the same time, uh, the clock's ticking. You know, uh, Minister Howpower uh, made her remarks, I believe it was, was on Wednesday, at the crop insurance announcement, and and uh, crop insurance announcement was made so producers can start to uh, plan how their risk management programs are going to look this year. And and uh, we need some certainty around agri-stability. Is it going to be the same program? Is there going to be some improvements? Is it going to be retroactive to 2020? All these questions are important because, you know, it'll affect how much uh, crop insurance producers uh, take out in some cases, uh, how much private insurance they may buy. So it's a, it's a complicated system and it's important that we have some clarity around agri-stability much sooner than later. The federal government has made some offers to improve stability in the provinces, raising concerns about cost. Uh, how important is it to improve the program? Well, as I said, it's a big part of business risk management for, for both livestock and grain producers in this province. And uh, so I think if we have the improvements, uh, we really haven't seen any any new money come into the program since even before 2008 when they when they made the changes. So it's been a long time since we've seen new money in the program, and, and this offer puts new money into it, increases some of the, the reference margin limits and as well as the percentage of payouts. So it puts more money in uh, producers' pockets that they do have to make a claim. And it's important to remember it is an insurance program. It isn't a, a blank check for producers. Uh, you have to qualify, and, and uh, you only qualify if you have financial impacts on your operation. And especially due to COVID, uh, our livestock industry has seen very volatile prices. And so it's important that uh, we have increased coverage for our producers. The federal proposal would remove the reference margin limit and increase the compensation rate from 70 to 80 percent. Couldn't they be effective? I think it's uh, it will certainly go a long way in uh, some producers to uh, see improvements like that. We know that there's going to be uh, new programming come out in 2023, and uh, that's when the next agreement uh, starts between the provinces and federal government. So this is uh, will just be a stopgap measure until uh, 
we get the new agreement in place and uh, hopefully we see further improvements. I'd like to get a comment, if I could, from you on the changes to crop insurance that were announced this past week. Coverage rises 22% to a record $273 an acre. Premiums jump 16% to $8.59 per acre. Your reaction? Well, I think, you know, that's how crop insurance works. We see uh, rising commodity prices, so uh, that's good news. Nobody likes to see uh, increased premiums, but uh, you get, like all insurance, we're getting uh, more value for the insurance if we do make a claim. So uh, rising prices make rising costs as well, it seems like. And I think crop insurance is an important backstop for a lot of the province's grain producers. And, I mean, I think we're going to continue to see good uptake by producers uh, in the crop insurance program. Especially the, uh, you know, the improvements they made in uh, the tame hay option. Those are, uh, crop insurance has done a good job of uh, recognizing needs within the ag community. And I think this is another example where they've seen some problems in, with the tame hay production. And, uh, they're offering insurance. And they're offering a, looking at a pilot insurance program for commercial vegetable producers. Well, you know, Saskatchewan, we have a, we ha- do have a, a very quiet vegetable industry but at the same time it's uh, local food is more and more important and you know that's really something that the more more vegetables we grow in the province the, the less that have to be imported throughout the year and certainly we have good producers uh, in the vegetable sector that hopefully it's, a, it's an expanding part of our industry and it's good to uh, see the government be able to put a program in place that gives them some backing. Todd Lewis is the president of APAS. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. The Saskatchewan government has proclaimed March as Agriculture Literacy Month. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the province is providing $400,000 in additional funding to agriculture in the classroom. It's to inform students about healthy foods and healthy farms. Well, it, we think it's obviously it's a very important industry here in the province. It's the number one industry in the province. And really what it does, Jim, is it really helps students to understand food production and, and building uh, public trust. And I think that's one thing. Obviously, it's one thing we want to do to uh, have our children understand where their food is grown, how it's grown, um, and how it's uh, uh, produced, and, and those things that we really want to reach out to the students on this. Uh, we're also announcing in this announcement uh, an additional $400,000 for Ag in the Classroom uh, to help promote that, and uh, uh, we obviously feel this is a very good uh, issue for us to deal to work with Ag in the Classroom folks. Probably a lot of the public don't know they are celebrating their 10th anniversary in Ag in the Classroom, and this is Ag Literacy Month. So it's it's very important to us to help promote this, Jim, so that the kids understand where their food is grown and how it's grown. So Ag in the Classroom, what do they do in schools? They promote agriculture? Yeah, that's exactly what they do. And usually, uh, you know, uh, we have some great volunteers where it'll be farmers, ranchers, uh, other ag industry professionals, uh, will provide students from across the province an opportunity to meet these people, and they will tell their story on how they grow food and what they do. And and obviously the theme this year is healthy foods for healthy farms. So it's obviously something I'm very passionate about. I will be reaching out uh, again to a school here uh, in Regina and talking to grade four kids. Uh, obviously virtually I will be doing it. I wish I could be in the classroom, but uh, we will do it this way. And just for a little bit of his- history on it, Jim, uh, over the last decade, uh, Ag in the Classroom, the Ag Literacy Month has reached over 42,000 students in over 1,500 schools here in the province of Saskatchewan. And that is due partially, in a big part, in a huge part, 
to over a thousand volunteers that have had, uh, that have helped tell their story. So it's a great event. It's uh, something we're very proud of, and we really promote it and hope everybody takes an interest in it and their kids will reach out and come home and tell them about what they learned in agriculture this month. And you're providing an additional $400,000 this year? Yes, we are. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the money that was from way back in what we called the, the GRIP program that was unclaimed dollars. And we just decided that it had to go to something that promotes, our, you know, for agriculture, the best interest of, of all of the, the whole sector. And this, we felt, was the best place to put it. And this is where we're putting it. Now, on another topic, where does the Agri-Stability Support Program stand with the province of Saskatchewan? Well, you know, Jim, I've reached out to the federal minister, still waiting for a couple of questions to be answered, and that's where it's at. I'm hoping that I hear from her in the next week or two. I know the questions that I proposed to her. Obviously, uh, she felt she had to take it back to her advisories to see if it was doable for them to do uh, some things that we had asked for. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details, you know, in the media at this time, Jim. I, with respect to the federal minister, I know she has a process similar to what we do, and I'm hoping I hear back from her in the next, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks uh, with the answers to the questions that I have. And uh, at that point, if she uh, if she can answer the questions, then we will be having a, a, a very detailed discussion with the federal minister on what Saskatchewan's position will be. On another topic, the federal government announced a 23-member agriculture food policy council, and on it uh, there's one Saskatchewan representative, a registered dietitian. Your reaction? Well, you know, I, I know they have to uh, to get folks from the the whole spectrum on on the food chain and uh, food chain and processing. I guess my concern with this, Jim, when I saw the list, is I don't see any primary producers, at least from Western Canada, where they should have had. You know, one of the major groups, uh, whether it was, you know, a chairman of a board of one of the major uh, commodity groups or a, a farmer or rancher, I think they've got to have some aspect to have the interest of the primary producer being heard at this table. And I'm very concerned about that. I hope there's uh, going to be opportunity for all, uh, all to engage in this process. And I know there will be. It's just the outcome when you don't have some primary producers sitting at that table, it's concerning for us. Agriculture Minister David Merritt. Coming up, he discusses spring seeding and possible dryness. Comes up after the farm weather. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Today's guest is Kelly Dobson of Leadershift. Conflict is a big issue when it comes to managing the farm. We've got a family dynamic, got generational differences. We've got a lot of issues that are can be really super stressful at different points in, in the year. When we talk about conflict and dealing with that and, and having good conflict management on the farm, how, how big of an issue is this, do you think, in farm management? You know, that's an interesting subject. I think the word conflict is probably the stuff we hear about, which is the people who are openly arguing. Um, I would say it's this way. I would say from what I've experienced and even how we measure it, the actual bigger, the bigger um, concern for me is that there isn't sufficient um, sufficient discussion about the things that matter most. And so what we see oftentimes when we're working with leaders, we'll see people who will measure very high in something called passivity. 
And believe it or not, so like things that we would we would talk about as being conflict, so people who are arrogant, rude, um, autocratic, controlling, um, highly critical, those are all strongly negative correlated um, behaviors to to leader effectiveness. But actually, want but actually the one behavior passivity, it's it's a full 10, 10 points more negative than those. And I and I and that's what the research says. And I'll say when my experience on the farms. I am more concerned about the farms who are holding issues that they simply won't speak about because they are so concerned about everybody getting along and that there be no conflict and that, and, and they just, uh, they have no appetite for it. And I, I think there's, a, you know, more as much or more risk in that than the notion that we ever hear about the big time conflict that goes on in farms. Those are the ones we hear yeah, about, right? That's interesting that, Okay, so there is conflict in the farm because it's a family business. Families families sure. like to, to battle about certain things, especially as it applies to generational differences or the you know, the direction the farm's going and stuff like that. But me, you know, I, I never really thought about, okay, so it's not about the level of conflict, but the question is, when we have conflict, is it about the right things? Like, are, are we, are we, you know, we think we're sort of figuring stuff out and we're having conflict trying to come to the right conclusion, but we're not even talking about the right issue. That, that's like a double-edged sword. Yeah, so that's a lot to unpack. So, you know, I'll do my best to try and unpack that. as one. So, so to move this out of a conflict stance and move this into a leadership stance, the first thing I want to say is that um, we should always be driving towards and, and strengthening partnership. In partnership, like I said in this last, was this idea where everybody feels responsible for whatever we are, for whatever we're doing together. Now, the way we get to partnership is that we start with something called interpersonal clarity. And this is foundational. So interpersonal clarity, simply put, is you understand what I'm, where I'm coming from, I understand where you're coming from, and we know the differences between the two of them. Now, that doesn't happen at like a bolt of lightning in one conversation, particularly the more challenging the conversations like farm transition, you can take several types of these engagements where we begin to understand each other. And what we know what the research says is that for most, for most um, situations or um, we, if you want to call them conflict on the farm, if we can get to a, to, to a conversation where we get to, to interpersonal clarity, four out of five of those problems solve themselves without any kind of like directive, problem solving, any kind of mediate, like dare I say the word mediation, because people just figure out what's going on. And dare I say, that the biggest problem, the biggest source of, of, of conflict in the farm is that people are really suffering from a real insufficient level of partnership. And the consequences can be conflict. It can be low productivity. It can just be mistakes. You name it. And what we know, what this is really all about. So if it's not interpersonal clarity, you said, so what's really going on? If you want to put it, you want to put it all into one big deal. There's this thing we call interpersonal mush. And interpersonal mush is this is when I go around and I make stories up about the world around me and what your intentions are, and then I act on them as if they're actual fact. Oh, yes. And I don't check them out. Now, that sounds super simple, but when we unpackage how we create our experience, and there's like the objective observable world, like what I heard and what I saw, and then there's all the stories that I make up about what's happening and, and so on and so forth. We click them together and that creates our experience. But, but if we're not very self-aware and we're under a lot of stress and the world is moving fast, we don't, we just, we don't know what it, what's part I made up and what part is real. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. 
The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly cloudy sky, wind southeast 30, gusting to 50, becoming southwest 20. The high today, plus 5, the low, minus 2. Tomorrow, mainly sunny. Wind northwest 40, gusting to 60, becoming light in the afternoon. The high plus 2 tomorrow. Wind chill minus 10 in the morning. The low minus 8. Wednesday, sunny. The high plus 6. The low minus 4. Thursday, sunny. The high plus 10. The low minus 2. Friday, sunny. The high 11. The low 0. Saturday, sunny. The high 14 degrees. The low minus 2. Sunday, partly cloudy and a high of plus 10. Normal high for this date is minus 4, the normal low minus 15. The sun rose at 7.42 this morning. It sets at 6.39 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, plus 7 degrees in the southwest corner at Maple Creek. The cold spot in Saskatchewan, up north, minus 22 at Stony Rapids. Estevan is minus 6. Saskatoon, minus 5. Swift Current, plus 4. Weyburn minus 6, Yorkton minus 14. Regina is cloudy and minus 6, that's 21 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south-southeast at 24. Humidity is 72%, the barometer dropping 101.6. Cloudy and moves job plus 1, winds are from the west-southwest 33, gusting to 44. Once again, Regina cloudy and minus 6, that's 21 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Agriculture Minister David Merritt of Saskatchewan remains optimistic about spring seeding this year. Merritt says markets are in good shape, and he remains hopeful spring seeding will get off to a good start. Well, I mean, as far as markets, I'm very optimistic. I mean, we're seeing some very uh, uh, bullish prices for fall deliveries already. Uh, I've talked to a couple of farmer friends, uh, you know, just home on the weekend. Uh, uh, the southern part of the province, parts of it saw some significant snow a little over, you know, a week and a half ago. Uh, some nice uh, heavy wet snow. Uh, obviously, the the, uh, the moisture situation. I mean, March will never ever take a crop from us. Uh, we just hope that between now and seeding time, we see some added moisture and to get it in the ground, and then we see some good rains through June and July. And that's uh, that's what really makes a, a great crop for the province of Saskatchewan as it did last year. So, uh, I'm I'm always optimistic, but I'm very optimistic about the markets. I'm very optimistic about. Uh, some trade relations that we're building, that we have opportunity to expand uh, our trading markets around the, around the world. And that's uh, one thing we're, as a government, that's our role, is to really uh, help the industry stakeholders achieve those market accesses. And with those offices opening uh, that we have announced uh, you know, previously, uh, those will help uh, to grow uh, the trading relationships around the world. And that's, 
really what I feel is the role as a minister and as a government, that is our role, is to help uh, the industry grow uh, globally and so that our farmers have new markets and can continue to grow more and can continue to sell more at a higher price. Given the fact it is dry in some parts of Saskatchewan, are you hoping for a good take-up on crop insurance this spring? Well, I mean, uh, we, we have a pretty good, uh, we have an excellent program uh, in crop insurance. I'm very, very proud of what uh, our government has done on the crop insurance side of it. We have a pretty good uh, uptake on it. I believe it's it's over 80% is the is the number that that I that I can uh, remember right now as far as participation. Do I wish we have 100%? We always do, but I think that, you know, with the dryness, there's going to be some concern, I'm sure, with some of the producers. But as I said earlier, Jim, uh, March has never taken a crop from us or a hay crop or anything from us. So I'm still optimistic and very optimistic that we will once again achieve record crop production again. And finally, on a final issue, the carbon tax has actually reached second reading, a, a private member's bill in Ottawa with uh, op- full opposition support that would allow some exemption for farmers' use of propane and natural gas for heating barns and drying grain. Your thoughts on that? Well, first and foremost, I wish we didn't have a carbon tax at all, and, uh, and we wouldn't have to be talking about this issue, Jim, and that's where we should be at. But unfortunately, we do have. Uh, it impacts farmers in every sector that they do, whether it's buying fertilizer or it's buying a piece of equipment or regard or shipping grain out. Uh, they're paying carbon tax on, on freight that they're delivering their product to. So to see this move in the right direction as far as natural gas and propane for drying grain, it never should have been there in the first place. I hope the government fulfills that and removes and, and allows the exemption for uh, grain drying. But I hope that smarter heads will prevail and the carbon tax will go away and we'll find the right way to uh, find a sustainable environment. David Merritt is the Minister of Agriculture for Saskatchewan. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you. Call 1-800-340-2311. There could be the possibility of higher winter kill levels in some fall seeded crops. Paul Thorogood is based in the Moose Jaw area and is the agriculture lead for Ducks Unlimited. We had some early snow uh, in November, but that mostly melted and and we're left with pretty much no snow cover for most of the winter and the snow we had was kind of poor quality from an insulation perspective it was ice crystally so we saw soil temperatures i've got soil temperature probes on my farm here and we saw temperatures in that minus 22 minus 23 range which is certainly concerning for crops like winter wheat and for the, the hybrid fall rise Thurgood outlines the potential for winter kill damage this spring. Certainly they, it puts them at a higher risk of, of winter kill and you know Saskatchewan has a pretty low incidence of winter kill and winter wheat similar to the, the areas in the U.S. That, that commonly grow winter wheat. On our farm we've had it for 24 years and we have not had a winter kill event yet but we're thinking that this year we're a little concerned anyway so there's, there's a chance that farmers may have to consider reseeding depending on how things look in the spring. He was asked, when is the best time to make that assessment? Well, typically we recommend that farmers look at their winter wheat crop when they're half done spring seeding. There's a lot of, um, you know, energy pent up in the spring and often people want to make a premature decision. But we generally encourage people to give the crop every chance that it can to recover because it it is amazing how resilient a a winter cereal crop can be. 
So when you're a third to a half done spring seeding, go out, do some plant counts, dig up some plants and see whether they're producing new uh, fresh white roots and that sort of thing. So don't jump the gun, be patient. And are there any estimates of winter wheat and fall rye area seeded? The acreage actually dropped a fair bit this fall, and um, I think two main factors kind of pushed that. We saw a pretty strong uh, price premium for high-protein wheat, which winter wheat is, is not in that category. So the market kind of pushed people away a little bit. Now, we've certainly seen feed prices really rally, so I think the opportunity for winter wheat is still out there. But the other thing that discouraged a lot of farmers, and I actually seeded less acres myself, was uh, how dry it was this fall. It was uh, tremendously dry during that mid-September seeding window, and in many parts of the province anyway, and it made for some really tough seeding conditions and some poor fall establishment as well. Paul Thorogood is based in the Moose Jaw area and the agriculture lead with Ducks Unlimited. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were moving up in early trading. Durham gained 184 at 312.32. Canola rose 17.10 at 693.97. Yellow peas up $8 at 392.89. One red spring wheat up 82 cents at 281.90. The rest all unchanged. Feed barley 253.72. Flax 801.08. Lentils 644.50. Oats 229.53. Feed wheat. 238.84. Minneapolis spring wheat March futures down two and three quarter cents at 6.36 a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source 6.20 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And now the latest quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Tony Peacock reporting from the Swift Current Yards. 650 cattle in the regular sale on Tuesday, predominantly cows and bulls. The cow market averages 81. Basically, the bulk of the cows trade from 82 to 85. Some outstanding cows, 86 to 93. We did have quite a number of cows that were older and with less flesh to them that had been running open for the winter. Uh, they were bringing 65 to 73. That's certainly what brings the average down on the cow run. Into the slaughter bulls, bulk of them at 105 to 110. They trade as high as $1.25. On the Thursday bread cattle sale, boy, we had a dandy six hundred bred cattle highlighted by the bar w 300 head of second calving black cows to calving may and june they averaged twenty three hundred and seventy two dollars straight through in their 300 for the rest of the cows the young cows traded up as high as 2700 some pretty good kind of young cows bulk of them at two to 23 uh, middle-aged but very uh, adaptable and utilizable cows at 1618 uh, we did get into some grandma cows bringing that thousand to twelve hundred dollars uh, lots of demand those young cows traded from southeast saskatchewan into central alberta and into the western part of alberta as well as locally that's the way it is in cattle country, Heartland Swift Current. 
And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices continue the upward spiral. This is for Brandon Moose Jaw Plants, 184.20 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. The Saskatchewan government has proclaimed this week Engineering and Geoscience Week. Highways Minister Fred Bradshaw says professional engineers and geoscience members are professionals who ensure roads and bridges are well designed and safe. He says they contribute to all sectors of the economy, including agriculture, mining, resources, construction, forestry, manufacturing, healthcare, and the environment. Engineering and Geoscience Week coincides with National Engineering and Geoscience Month. The Saskatchewan government says it's working to improve more than 1,000 kilometres of provincial highways this year, the first of its 10-year growth plan to upgrade 10,000 kilometres of highways. Another $300 million in highway stimulus funds is being invested over the two years in thin membrane surface upgrades, passing lanes and improvements to municipal roads and airports. On the markets today, Canada's main stock index surged to a nearly 300-point gain in late morning trading in a broad-based rally on the Toronto Stock Exchange, while U.S. stock markets roared higher. The TSX Composite Index was up 290 points at 18,350. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 654 points at 31,586. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.98 cents U.S., compared with 78.83 cents Friday. The April crude oil contract was up 39 cents at $61.89 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything egg. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.